Bretto after an extremely tough 2020 for many it is so exciting to announce our first in real life event for 2021 Oh, MP, it's an understatement to say we miss connecting with our tribe, but it makes the 2021 wellness breakthrough all the more exciting. If you're ready to rebound or to make a comeback and even make 2021 your best year yet, you are warmly invited to join Brett, myself, and an intimate group of like-minded souls at the wellness breakthrough from February 5 to 7. Imagine yourself tucked away in the serene Streslecki Ranges of Gippsland, Victoria. You don't have to cook, you don't have to clean or do anything domestic. We feed you, we accommodate you, we hold the space for you to create your own wellness breakthrough. Whether it's in your health, your relationships, work, life, wealth, spirit, any part of your life, you can expect major transformation at our most intimate event. We'd love for you to join us, but spaces are strictly limited to 20 attendees. And as we record this, we have less than 10 spaces left. For more info, to watch the highlights of previous years and to join us from February 5 to 7 in 2021, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Anything that's happening outside you can be taken a million different ways. So 2020 happened, and for a lot of people, you know, it brought up some things, it challenged them, but for other people, it gave them growth opportunities and they saw all the possibilities in the chaos. So our nervous system is designed to impose order on chaos. And literally, if you saw reality as it was, it'd be complete order, but it's actually absolute chaos because there's so many things happening that you cannot perceive it all at once. So our nervous system filters it down and takes that stream of information and makes it something we, we think is our coherent reality. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Happy New Year, you gorgeous souls. I am so excited to share with you our brand new first podcast of 2020. And I'm super pumped and excited to share with you someone who is a mentor of mine, someone I look up to, someone who I really wanted to kick off 2021, which you know would give you some insight into how you can live the life of your dreams, how to make 2021 the year that you take control of your life how to be happier and more successful and create the life that you want. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, we all have a choice. And life is not just so much what happens to us, but more our perception of it and how we can work with it to create the life of our dreams. I know that one of the biggest things that Paul Elicio talks about is that it's not about searching your past. It's created from the thoughts that you're having and the actions that you're taking now that impacts your life. Ultimately, you create your own reality. And if it isn't perfect, then you have the ability to take control and make it the way you want it. Paul is a personal trainer. He is someone who's taken his own life experiences through fear and anxiety and was almost diagnosed with, you know, anxiety and schizophrenia and borderline, you know, disorders around not even wanting to leave his home. But he's also someone who then through his own personal journey, discovering, doing the work, reading the books, taking action, being mindful, curious, and having an open mind and heart around growth and personal development, that he became the personal trainer of the year in South Australia. He's right into holistic health. 
He's totally all about personal development and growth. And he is definitely someone that is in love with self-improvement. I know you're going to want to have a pen and paper for this podcast. So if you're driving or if you're out walking, then make sure you tune into this again with a pen and paper in hand. The notes are in the show notes for you with links to following Paul and his partner, Juliet, who I've also interviewed on the show. She was show number 11 on the Self-Love Podcast about modeling excellence. I know you're going to love Paul. He talks fast. There's a lot of information in here. And I just want to warn you and say that, you know, this is an opportunity for you to look at your life with love. It's an opportunity for you to look within with huge respect and and no self-sabotage or regret or remorse, but it's an opportunity for you too to create a clean slate. Start the year afresh. 2020 has taught us so much. And I know for some of us, it could have been seen as a bit tragic, but as Paul says in the podcast, you can turn that into magic. And for many of us, we saw it as a year of opportunity, growth, and self-improvement. So guys, you know, get locked in, get ready, but I'm really excited to share with you a beautiful, amazing human the gorgeous Paul Alicio. So as you can tell by the amazing intro, Mr. Gorgeous Paul Alicio, I am super proud and excited to have you on this week's podcast, particularly leading into a brand new year. We've just hit the ground running after a massive 2020. I'd love to say welcome to the Self Love Podcast. Thanks for having me, Kim. Super excited to be here. Oh, well, you know how much I'm a fan of yours and how much I love the work that you do. I want to get straight into it. What is your definition of self-love? Cool. Good question. I think, yeah, obviously self-love is a huge topic at the moment. And for me, self-love is really first starts off with knowing yourself. So there's an old um, ancient proverb um, called know thyself. So first you need to know thyself, which means for me, I really think that means understanding what's important to you and what you value. And um, so know thyself, love thyself, be thyself. So once you know yourself, then loving thyself is like, you know, accepting and loving yourself for who you are and the way you see the world and the way you do things. And then, you know, when you fully love yourself, that's allowing yourself to be yourself as well. So like understanding who you are at a deep level in terms of what you value, what's important to you, and then being cool with, you know, focusing on those things because that's how you're wired and that's how, how you sort of find fulfillment and joy and inspiration in life. And just having, you know, the self-love to just be that person and do the things that you want to do and, you know, let go of the comparison to other people. And when you do that, that's when I think you fully step into yourself and you kind of shine. So I think self-love is like first knowing yourself, loving yourself enough to just be yourself. I think that's the, the combination of all those things. So in doing that, if, if people are living in alignment with who they are as a person, they naturally just kind of shine and they glow and then people are sort of drawn to them. I absolutely love it. And I think there is no better explanation than hearing that. Knowing yourself is loving yourself. And the other thing you said in there is living in alignment, which I really appreciated. So many people feel like life isn't the way it should be. So many people feel like life uh, does things to them or that their life, that they're, they're, it sucks or things happen or whatever. I mean, 2020 has shown us that, you know, nothing or everything is up for grabs and nothing is actually what we see or believe. Everything is up to our own beliefs and perceptions. Talk to us a little bit about what you mean by living in alignment, regardless of what the stories or lives or things going on around you means. Cool. I really love how you explain that. One thing you said was people think people 
uh, the world's happening to them. But I, I want to sort of get people to, to think about that as happening through them. And, you know, not um, to you, but for you as well. And in saying that, also realizing it happens as you. So let me kind of break that down. You also said a couple of other things about alignment. So let's kind of just gel and, and see where we go with it all. But you know, the world doesn't happen to you because you don't actually see the world. The world is happening outside of all of us. And, you know, we all experience our own parallel universes. Like we're both having a conversation, but you're going to hear different things in what you say. And I hear different things in what you say. You hear different things in what I say. And I hear different versions of what I say. So no one listening to this podcast will get the same version. So there's infinite amount of this one recording that anyone can listen to. So every single person that interacts with this interview will leave with a different perspective, perception, and experience of it. So there's not one reality. There's all different versions of it. So we're actually co-creating the reality. So it's happening through you as you experience it. And it's happening as you, because you cannot see, hear, or feel anything that isn't you. For you to experience reality, it's happening inside the, the operating system of you. So you're the television that's receiving all the like Netflix or whatever, and it's happening on the screen of your mind. The, your third eye, your third ear, your you know, physical body sensations are happening inside of you. So the reality is happening in you. It's not actually happening outside of you because we don't actually get to experience the outside reality. So when people kind of awaken to that, they realize the power of what they can tune into because all probabilities and realities are existing outside of us, but we only receive the ones we're wired and programmed to pick up on. So, you know, whether you've got access to Netflix or you've got, you know, FM radio or AM radio, you're only going to tune into the stations that you know are available to you and based on what you've seen, heard, and experienced in your life. So anything that's happening outside you can be taken a million different ways. So 2020 happened, and for a lot of people, you know, it brought up some things, it challenged them, but for other people, it gave them growth opportunities and they saw all the possibilities in the chaos. So our nervous system is designed to impose order on chaos and literally if you saw reality as it was it'd be complete order but it's actually absolute chaos because there's so many things happening that you cannot perceive it all at once so our nervous system filters it down and takes that stream of information and makes it something we we think is our coherent reality and so our sort of job as a creative reality is to kind of tune into what we're looking for and this is why i think the topic we're going to discuss a little bit today is really important is that you know, having goals and having a vision and, and something to move towards is really important because when you know what that is, then you can start to live in alignment with it. But for a lot of people, um, they basically are living life kind of like a dodge cars, how I explain it, where they, as if everyone's been on dodge cars before, they've been at the Royal show or, you know, some sort of place where you go on adventure rides. But when you get on there, there's no real goal of dodge cars. You go on, you're, you're on it until your time's up. You get knocked in by other people, you knock into other people and basically your time's up and you either have fun, you get upset and, and that's it. And that's how a lot of people live life. They kind of get knocked off track. They focus on bumping into other people and getting revenge, but they don't really have a clear destination or a way to win or to get where they want to go. So I think with having goals, you really sort of almost get like on a train track. You set a goal to where you want to get to. 
you know where you're going when you want to get there and sometimes there's stops on the way and if you get there and it's not where you want to go you can then find somewhere else that you want to move to but it's about you know finding a destination and going on a journey to get there uh, and then I think you sort of mentioned that alignment piece now alignment really means for me anyway to understand and know yourself kind of what we're talking about and then setting goals and making sure that what you're aiming for is actually you're working with yourself to get there because a lot of people have set goals that maybe aren't in alignment with themselves and I don't know about you Kim but I've done massive cleanups of my house and you know my office and found pages of goals I've set year after year and some of them 100% achieve and then other ones you look at and you go oh that's the same goal from 10 years ago and I still haven't done that and so why is are those goals not being achieved and the ones that you achieve year after year happening and after a little while I started to realize that the ones I wasn't achieving were not in alignment with my values and what's important to me in life and they were kind of more of a fantasy than an actual real goal so we'll probably talk today a little bit about how to make that work for the goals in your life and make sure that you are in alignment so you're working with yourself versus sort of fighting against your unconscious programming. I love it. And I think to just put it simply, uh, what I'm hearing you say is that an occurrence can happen, an event can happen around us. It could be, you know, you've lost your job, the event happens. Then based on your own beliefs, what you value, what you think, how you see the world, how you interpret it, how you've been brought up even, what you actually think is right or wrong, all of those internal beliefs and programming going on then makes an association to you losing your job, which then creates your state, which then becomes your behaviour and then we act upon it. Is that fair to say? 100%. I really love how you broke it down into the, each layer because we have all these things happening unconsciously and you know our, all those filters, all of our values, our beliefs, our past experiences, our associations, our rule sets for life, they're going to filter that external event, which in reality is just neutral. It doesn't mean anything. If you if you got a new job or you lost a job, that that's just a thing happening. But we're going to make it mean something based on all of those things you talked about inside of ourselves. And then that's going to give it an emotional sort of lens to look through. And that's either going to make us feel good or bad based on how we perceive it. But the truth is that thing isn't necessarily good or bad because some people may get a job and they feel great about it. But some people get a job and they feel like oh, it's a burden or it's a takes away their time and someone might lose a job and they feel like, oh, it's terrible. It's the worst thing that happened to me. And other people lose a job and go, great. I was sick of that job. I don't want to be there. So it's not about getting job, losing jobs. It's not about getting the relationship, losing relationship. It's about how you interpret it and how it affects you internally and then what you make it mean and then how that makes you feel afterwards. So it's a whole heap of processes that happen unconsciously that we're just not aware of. And obviously we both sort of work with people to help get understanding on that and then adjust those to help them you know, make their world mean to something different so then they can feel different and they can obviously get better results and take different actions as well. I love it because, you know, I think one of the most important things that you've taught me over the time that I've known you is that to put no meaning on anything, <laughs> the, there is no meaning. And I love the statement, life has no meaning and it has no meaning that it has no meaning. And when you actually go down the rabbit hole on this, the only meaning it has is the interpretation and the meaning we give it. And I think what that really does is it creates a, a clean slate, for want of a better word, when we understand this, that life doesn't happen to us, that life is an opportunity for us to, to grow or, or to learn from, which means self-improvement, really, the way we respond to people that trigger us or events that trigger us or hurt us, et cetera. 
just before we go further into this, what I'd love to know is um, I just want to backtrack a little bit with you personally. Mm-hmm. Someone like yourself that has got so involved in this and has such a love of self-improvement, I know you have a real love of holistic health and personal development and all of those beautiful things, but where was it that you really started to notice people's behaviours and perceptions? Like what got you interested in this? Um, well, it was mostly necessity at one point. I think um, I think last time we chatted, uh, I shared with you um, a bit of my background. I'll go a little bit into detail. Um, for me, the sort of biggest wake-up moment was in my late teens. I basically got to the point because my internal world was so chaotic and my outside world was so chaotic, um, like the life situation was my like parents or my stepdad and my mum were kind of, um, you know, having an interesting dynamic in my family. Um, it was a bit of chaos in my outside world and a whole heap of other things were happening. But I basically got to the point where I started developing really, really bad anxiety, panic attacks, uh, just highly stressed. I started getting to the point where I even started developing fears of being in public. I had to, when I was around people, I was kind of get nervous and anxious. I started running through shopping centers because I couldn't like, be there without feeling like really nervous and anxious. I started to develop even auditory hallucinations where I thought I'd hear people talking and started getting really um, you know, paranoid, even to the point where you know, it could have been labeled paranoid, schizophrenic. So we got really, really full on. And I got to the point where I basically couldn't even leave my bedroom or house. Um, so I really experienced what it's like to have a chaotic inner world and how that affected my outer world and how I made the outside world a scary turbulent place even though it may or may not have been i made it that way so the bigger my internal fears became the bigger my external fears became so as my fears grew bigger my world got smaller so i like to think of it from like there's two ways of looking at the world from the outside in or the inside out and i I really started to realize that my inside world was affecting my outside world because other people could go to the shops and they could walk to the shops and have a relaxing time and i know that i had before but I couldn't even go without feeling like everyone was going to try to get me. So the outside world changed based on what I was feeling inside. And when I started to realize that I kind of had to make some decisions because I had seen doctors and all these other people and they couldn't really help me. They just wanted to stick tubes in me and do all these tests, but no one ever asked me what I was thinking or feeling. And that kind of woke me up to kind of going on that inside journey. And I found a couple of random books that, you know, whether it was just luck or fate, landed on my lap or like just stumbled across in a, in a library that kind of opened my eyes to the power of my thoughts and how my thoughts were affecting my physiology, which I started to realize that every time I had a thought and my stomach started churning, that it was actually my thoughts that were creating that physical response in my body. And then I just basically, a light just turned on in me. I became so obsessed with understanding the mind-body connection. I started practicing self-hypnosis I stumbled across some uh, Tony Robbins tapes that my mum got me to dub for her, um, you know, on the old uh, cassette tapes. So I started listening to that, you know, just ha- just happened to fall in my lap as well. And all of those things just got me to understand the power of my thoughts and my thinking and how I perceived the world. And literally within months of just drowning and surrounding myself with that information and like literally writing on, I literally got a texter and and a pen and just wrote on my laptop i wrote on my door i wrote everywhere in my bedroom just all these different affirmations different things to focus on and literally my internal world changed 
And then I went from a kid that couldn't leave his bedroom to within months studying, becoming a personal trainer, working in the biggest gym in South Australia, becoming PT of the year for South Australia, and just being able to talk in front of hundreds of people, feeling completely comfortable and confident and relaxed. My whole world changed, but it came from that inside out model where I changed my inside and then the outside world changed. Um, I wasn't trying to comb the mirror as, as I sometimes talk about, like I wasn't trying to change the outside world and like try to comb the mirror and hope it changed me. I actually went in and worked on the inside world and then the outside world changed. It like just happened organically through me developing and, and shifting what I was focused on and how I saw things. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. And, and I guess the thing that I take mostly from hearing that is you can get all the help in the world. You can get all the advice in the world. You can be given different medications. You can be given different techniques and therapies. But ultimately, the only way we ever change or ever uh, grow or perhaps come out of those funk, funky places is through our own self-work. It's interesting that you got into PT, personal training, and mm. it's something that is a great at this time of year. I'm sure a lot of PTs are out there at the beginning of every year promoting, you know, get the body back, get rid of the Christmas bulge, etc. Mm. I also found it fascinating as a personal trainer myself for many years um, that people would literally sign up to a gym. They'd want to get their new body. They want to be fit. But within weeks, that, that a real, you know, connection and wanting and commitment just waned. And they realized they couldn't buy the abs. You couldn't buy or pay for the butt or the legs that you dreamed of or the, the flat tummy. Yeah. What happens to a human? Is that what you were saying at the past about the, the alignment, the value is not lining up with the desire? Yeah, 100%. So I'm glad you brought it back to that. And obviously, yeah, being in the fitness world, you were seeing that. People end up just donating to the gym versus actually going to the gym. A lot of the time, they sign up for their year membership and end up, getting two weeks of membership and the rest is donations. But I've seen this a million times. Now, there's a couple of ways to explain this. So let's kind of dive into it. The first is like people want to take action, usually because people will do more to avoid pain than they will to gain pleasure. So a lot of people get to the point of, uh, I've just stacked on a whole heap of weight from the Christmas and taking the time off. And they're feeling like normally a lot of negative type feelings as they, they might label them. They might be feeling shame, guilt, feeling, you know, look in the mirror, not feeling so great. So they've got a lot of away from motivation where they're trying to run away from those problems and they, they don't want to do another year feeling that way. So that's going to get people moving. Now, away from motivation will get people moving, but it won't necessarily keep you moving. So a lot of people are like, okay, I need to make a change. Enough's enough. I can't do another year of this. And they've got, they've got enough momentum to get in their foot in the door. So they, they start taking action. But if they don't have a good towards-based goal, or a goal of like where they want to get to, that's going to not just get them running away from the pain, but get them moving forward. So they need something like, if you think of the carrot and the stick, they're running away from the stick, but they need a carrot to move towards. They need some positive towards focus that's like a goal or a dream, a vision of what their health could be to continue to move forward to. So some people don't have that. So really common as a PT, look, I'm going to use the language my client said to me. Um, this is not my own words, but hey, I may have said it, about myself at one point in my life, but clients say like, I don't want to be, um, feel fat. I don't want to be, um, they feel like, you know, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So this is like legit language. I don't want to feel like a fat piece of shit anymore. Right. That's like what they say. And that's a lot of away from motivation. Not all clients have said this, but I've, I've definitely heard a few clients say this, but when they lose a little bit of weight, they don't feel like that anymore because they're feeling a little bit better about themselves. So that away from motivation starts to disappear. So if you imagine in nature, 
we always have a predator and a prey that we're, we're either running away from or moving towards. So the away from motivation comes from running away from the, the predator. It's getting away from that danger. And for them, it was about feeling so bad that got them moving. But if you start running away enough to get away from that tiger, eventually you're just enough away from it that you don't feel that stress or that danger anymore. You start to lose that motivation. And so for them, they lose a few kilos. They start to feel a little bit better about themselves. And then that motivation starts to disappear. And for a lot of people, they basically start slowly sliding backwards and eventually getting to the point where they're back in danger or they're back near that prey or they're back overweight or lost money or whatever it is. And then eventually they start getting momentum again and a bit more motivation and they get a little bit away from it again and they start sliding back. So for a lot of people, the self-sabotage runs in that away from cycle where they get a little bit away from their danger. They feel a little bit better and then they slide back down. And this is going to eventually be one of those burnout cycles where, you know, if you've ever lost a bit of weight, you put it on again, then you lose a bit of weight, you put it on again. It's a cycle that's going to never end unless you find a new strategy because it's very stressful. And if you always need something to run away from to get motivation, then you're going to continue to create things to run away from in order to get motivation. This happens in every area of life, whether it's health, finance, relationship, um, you know, career, all of those areas. Um, a lot of people that come to me as, as a client or, you know, that do courses with us first, they're basically wired this way. And we've got to sort of get them to realize that they're just running away from things and they don't have anything to move towards. So that's one of the main sort of factors, but then we have the alignment piece as well. So a lot of people will set a goal, hey, I want to lose weight. But when they look at their values, health or vitality or something like that may not even be in their top, you know, five to 10 values. They've just got to up the list at the moment because of their away from motivation. But the second that life starts happening, the things that are really important to them are going to take priority because we're, we're wired to fulfill our highest values. And if our values, are, let's say their values are family, career, and, um, you know, say money, right? They're the top three values. And then the second that they have something they need to do for their family, that's always going to take priority over health because health isn't even in the top three. The second they need to do something for work, that's going to take priority over their health. The second they, they need to cut down on money or use their money a certain way, they're going to let their health goals disappear because they're not as important. And we're always going to take action with what's most important to us. And this is why we need to know ourselves and understand ourselves. Because if we set goals that aren't in alignment with our values, they're never going to happen. Unless we can get our values to, to be adjusted so that becomes a priority to us, or we link the things that are important to us to our values. And then we're going to be unconsciously motivated and inspired to take action because we can see how helping our health will help our family, how improving our health will help us in our career, how improving our health will help us with our finances as well. And when people have those links in their mind, they're naturally going to be inspired and motivated to con continually take action and to you know, be focused on and driven towards achieving those goals. It's pretty powerful, isn't it? I know many people that come to us as therapists, you know, there's, there's situations that have happened in their past, um, could be quite traumatic, there could be relationship issues, there could be family dynamics that have really hurt them, there's, there's a lot of pain, there's no doubt a lot of people go through 
pain or their perception is that they're going through a whole lot of pain. Mm. What would you say to someone who's sitting here listening to this going, well, that's all very good and well, Paul. I'm, I'm kind of hearing you. I'm kind of hearing that. But it wasn't my fault I was abused when I was little or it wasn't my fault my mum and dad split when I was little or it wasn't my fault that we lost all our money in the GFC. Yeah. How would you talk to that person? Cool. Well, again, like I, I want them to realise that their their past doesn't have to become their future and that, you know, what happened to them, it could either be in the way or on the way, okay? If they're letting that thing, they may not have consciously chose for that to happen and they may not have wanted to, you know, to have that upbringing or that situation to occur, but it happened. And so what they can control is that what they make it mean for them. And if they mean that that's the reason they can never be healthy or the, the reason why they can never have a good relationship or the reason why they can never have money, that's their choice. So they may not have chose consciously to create that situation, but they, they're choosing every day to let that situation control what they can do now and what they do in the future. So I really want to empower them to realize that they are consciously choosing in the now, in the present, to either let that situation control them and dictate who they are and what they can be, or they're choosing to create something different and to evolve by choice versus just letting the past sort of happen continuously. Because what happens with us, our unconscious mind is always in the now. But the truth is a lot of our past events are still running like tabs open on our computer. If we've got unintegrated emotions from past experiences, our unconscious mind thinks it's happening now. So it thinks that trauma or that experience or that pain that they perceived happening in the past is still happening. So they're always going to be running away from that. They're always going to have that space in their head taken up by that perceived issue or problem. And then, and what, what we both like to do with people is to help them to free up that mental energy so they can have that power to create because their mental energy, their emotion is their energy, their energy emotion. And what they're emotionally invested in for a lot of people is their past and their emotional energy is what draws and helps them to filter reality as well. Cause it's like beer goggles. If you've got the emotional goggles on, you're going to then see more things to fill that emotion with. So for example, like if someone wants to lose weight and when they've been skinny in the past, they attracted some attention that was negative that made them feel a certain way that maybe created a situation to them. When they start to lose weight again, they might start feeling unsafe and then they put the weight on as a protection mechanism. So until they let go of that past experience and that emotions around it, they're never going to let themselves move forward. They're going to keep kind of being stuck in that away from pattern where they get a little bit of progress and they fall backwards. So when people imagine like your energy being like money, right? And if you've got it invested in the past and those past investments may have been, you know, something that you necessarily don't want to feel again. Maybe you perceive it as a negative event um, painful trauma. If you've got money invested in that, what's that going to repay you when, when you, when you have it there, you're going to get more interest in those type events. So wherever your emotional energy is invested, that's what you get more of. Okay. If you put money in that bank account, it's going to grow over time. So what we want to do is actually become mature like a bank account and bank account matures over time. And we mature by growing up and what happens with the mind if we have any emotion trapped in past events, our psyche, our consciousness, our level of responding and reacting is phase locked at that period of whatever the event was. Let's say you were six years old and something happened. When that same emotion gets triggered, people tend to regress under stress and they tend to think like they did at the time of that 
emotional experience happening. So a lot of times things will happen and they'll think like a six-year-old to handle that situation. Now, that's not necessarily the best level of awareness and consciousness to think from. So what we, we do as coaches is we get them to reclaim their energy and free up that awareness so they can actually grow up and mature as an adult. And when they have similar situations occur, which have similar triggers, similar emotions, they can actually think and feel and act and respond as an adult. So now it's not taking their energy anymore. So energy is not locked in the past. They've actually withdrawn the energy into the current. So remember, currency is like money. They currently see the present moment and they take the currency, the energy, and then they can invest it in the now. And what people can then start doing is investing in their future. And they can start putting their emotions, their energy into creating versus just recreating. Um, they, people tend to either create or recreate. So um, this is where we can start thinking about pre-creating as well. So when we're going to actually focus on what we want in the future and have that forward focus, that future drive to create things versus recreate the past. So we're basically withdrawing our energy. We actually get it back. And as we mature and we take money from a bank account, it matures, we get extra money back. We become The interest comes back and we're interested in ourselves and what we are currently seeing and what we want to create in the future. And then we can invest in those things and that actually will pay off over time too. So I use the money idea because people have know that idea, but the same thing, your energy is your ability to change. And if your emotional energy is stuck in the past, you're going to keep recreating the same drama, the same situations, more of the same, more of the same. And as you bring that energy back, you have more energy to now focus and invest it in the things that help you get to where you want to go. Powerful. But I have to tell you, there are people listening that will be going, oh, Paul, it's not that easy. I've, I've carried this with me for a long time. You're, you're just saying to me I need to just switch off or, or turn that off or not invest in that anymore. And who am I without that story? How do we, how do we actually talk to that person who could be quite attached to that story? Cool. So it is that easy, I'm sorry to say. But <laughs> it, it, it also, if you believe it's going to be hard and you can't do it, then you're going to manifest and create that reality because you're going to filter for ways to prove to yourself what you want to, like what you prove, what you believe. So we're going to do more to like live in alignment with our beliefs also and fulfill what we think is true. But I'm going to ask people, is that useful anymore? You can continue to just make more of the same, but there comes a time when enough is enough. For me, I had to hit bottom physically, mentally, emotionally before I changed. And I always sort of say to people, there's three kinds of people. There's a people that just say, ah, oh, no, nah, I'm not ready. And they, they go away and they wait and things just get worse and worse and worse until it gets really, really bad. And all of a sudden they need to change. And then they jump in and change. And they wish they had done it earlier and they wish they'd done something about it now. And then there's people that go, oh, no, nah, you know, ah, oh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. And they disappear and they never do anything about it. And they live their life in the same mess, the same drama. And what usually happens is it gets worse and worse and worse because life kind of does this thing where it tries to get your attention. And if you don't listen, the echoes get louder. The waves get bigger. First, it's a knock on the door. Then it's a bang on the door. Then it's a kick the door down. Then it's to burn the house down. It happens progressively and in bigger waves each time. It might be just a, a minor stress. Then it becomes like emotionally painful. Then it becomes a big trauma. Then it becomes a disease. And then, then it becomes death over time. Like, it just gets bigger and bigger. So you get to choose where you pay attention. 
sometimes you just pay attention when you notice something isn't right or you start feeling it or it starts actually affecting your physical health, affecting your life around you, the people around you and actually do something about it. So there are two people and then there's the people that actually do something about it and the people that actually take action and, you know, they actually start taking control and it is a process and it's continual. What I say to people is when you're in reception, you get reception level problems. And as you like master that test in reception, then you go to year one and then you get year one finger painting and, you know, crafts and arts. And if you pass that, then you get harder stuff. So life will give you tests at the level you're ready for. But if you keep getting the same problems over and over again, you're not growing, you're not evolving, you're not progressing. So what I say to people is you want new levels of problems and better quality problems. For a lot of people, they have the same problems for a decade, two decades. Every year, it's the same thing, same health problems, same relationship issues, same uh, financial issues, sometimes with different partners, different jobs, different illnesses, but the same problems. For the people that I coach and the people that are my students, every year it's different. So my, my relationship issues are very different than whether they were 100 years ago. My relationship issues is my, me and my partner love ourselves, ourselves and each other and we love what we do. And our problems are like, well, we've got to be away from each other, but we want to be around each other versus we hate each other so much and don't want to be each other. So you're going to have problems. They become better quality problems. My financial issues aren't I don't have any money. My financial issues now are how do I use and invest my money to make better returns and you know, what's a good financial decision versus or how do I even find money? My you know, career issues are different than they were years ago before I hated my job and I didn't want to do what I was doing. Now my career issues, what do I want to run as a course next? Where do I want to travel to? Who do I want to help? So your, your challenges and issues progress as you progress. And if you've got the same level of problems, you, you're not you know, growing and evolving as a person, you, you're stuck in reception with the same reception level problems. So you're never going to get rid of problems. I don't like to think of them as problems. I like to think of them as you know, challenges and growth opportunities. But as you grow, they become better quality because you transcend that level and if you ever got faced with that issue again, you'd know how to handle it easy. So life will give you the challenges you're ready for. And for a lot of people, they're stuck in the same sort of swamp, but they need to sort of awaken to where they're at. And sometimes that's through pain. Pain is a, sometimes a great awakener. And some people need a lot more pain before they take action. But I want you guys to realize that you can evolve through choice versus chance. A lot of people just unconsciously going through life. They're just on the doldrum cars and they're not choosing to make a change you can actually choose to be a conscious creator and start to make change and start directing where your life goes versus just letting, you know, riding the wave and ending up wherever you end up. I find this fascinating because when I was in India, I had the opportunity to sit with His Holiness, the 12th Kenting Thai Satupa, who is the Tibetan Buddhist monk's main educator. He's an amazing man, speaks better English than the Dalai Lama. And I had the opportunity, Paul, to have a one-on-one with him. And he asked me what was my question. And I said to him, why do humans have to struggle? Why do we have to hit rock bottoms? Why is there always struggles for human beings because I'm yet to meet anyone who's had what we call some would call the perfect life and he chuckled at me and he went oh good question and he said how on earth do you ever how can you possibly understand love without fear how can you understand light without dark how can we understand beauty without ugly and he talked to me about the dichotomies the extremes the polarities 
that in order to appreciate one, we do have to go through or don't have to, but it seems to be a, a human experience that we, in fact, ride all waves. And I love what you just said then with having greater level problems. It's not that they're not going to be there. It's just how we deal with them. Also heard the things, how we act as opposed to react. So as we get better with this, what would you say if someone has a trigger? Let's say it's their, their dad. Their dad is their trigger. And every time they're in a social situation, whatever their dad says, it triggers them. As we get better and we grow and we mature more, in your humble opinion, is it possible that that trigger can completely disappear? You could love your dad in a completely new way and, in fact, even have a better relationship with him than you ever imagined by changing your internal world. I can speak firsthand and say 100%. Uh, I know personally, I've actually got two dads. I'm not, not the way that people think these days, but I actually had my biological dad and then I have my stepdad. Um, but what people will also do is whether or not it's your dad that actually is the, was the person that created the trigger, they won't necessarily be the one that fires the trigger. We'll, this is a bit of a funny term, but you'll make people your daddy anyway. Right, so whether it's your boss at work, whether it's your your new partner, whether it's you, you're a guy that you know that's just come in and playing that role, we're always having a dynamic where someone will play the role of your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, and if you've got that tab open and that button to be pushed, someone will come and push that button. It's like the universe just likes for people to come in and push the buttons that you've got open and available, because the way I think of it is, if someone touched your skin and there was no wound there, it wouldn't hurt you. But when there is a wound, something will touch your skin and it will go through and it will get on a nerve. So if it gets on your nerve, it's, it's definitely got more to do with you than the person pushing it. So the universe will send you people to push the button or you will just bring yourself because like we said, our, our basic mental, emotional and psychological filters will perceive the world in a certain way. And if you have that sort of gap for people to get in, they'll get in. Because the boat doesn't sink because of the water around it. It sinks because the water gets inside the boat. So you have people that will play that role for you. So initially, like my upbringing, my parents separated and I got kind of programmed this whole heap of story about who my dad is and what he's like and all these kind of things. So I had a lot of things built on what I believed about my dad. And then my stepdad came along and I had a very interesting upbringing with my stepdad. So uh, in terms of our relationship, very different. Like some people would call it abusive. I don't see it that way anymore. I see it very differently, but verbally, physically, mentally, emotionally, very interesting upbringing. A lot of double binds, a lot of, you know, yelling, violence, et cetera. Right. But I see that now as actually been vital in my actual development because without that, I would not have became who I am today. And what was really interesting when I did a lot of my um, healing and integrating of all those experiences, I realized that I actually needed him to be that way for me to become who I am today. Um, so let me say that again. I needed him to be that way for me to become who I am today. So without him constantly questioning me, telling me everything I did was wrong, I would not have developed into the person I am today by knowing that, that belief in myself, that certainty in myself, getting to the point where I knew what I did and trying to prove. Initially, it was a, a complete flip where I went, defiant and try to prove everyone wrong and prove that I could do everything right. But that actually made me learn a lot. Let me grow as a person. Now I've kind of balanced that out and I don't have to be as extreme. But then also I developed myself physically. 
to become stronger and, and more resilient. And I developed myself in so many ways that I could handle all these things that I never would have if he didn't do that. But what was really interesting was when I changed how I saw him, he actually changed. He went from like probably one of the most physically, mentally, emotionally sort of abusive, aggressive people that I ever experienced into probably one of the nicest, most caring, most friendly, most helpful people ever. He cannot show up that way anymore in my reality. It's almost, it's like people, when they, when they see him interact with me, they, they would not believe he was ever the other way. He's like a complete 180 different person. And it's really funny. Like what I say to people is, you know, people will be who you need them to be so you can see what you need to see. And I don't need him to be that anymore. So he doesn't show up like that anymore because I've learned that lesson. And this is what's really fascinating. A lot of my clients say to me, Paul, you won't believe what happened. Remember I talked to you about so-and-so and how they're like this? Well, they completely changed. It's not that they completely changed. It's that now you've allowed them to show up different in your life because a person isn't a locked, fixed thing. They're a process. And in some of the trainings, we talk a little bit about quantum physics. A person is like a, a, a light being. And it sounds a bit corny, but let me go into a little bit more detail. We're actually a complete, we're energetic beings, like at a deep level. And the energy of us is like at the deepest level based on the quantum mechanics and quantum physics. It's a, a light, light can be a wave or a particle. And when we're observing something, we turn it into a thing so we can observe it. The act of observation is the act of creation. So when you're looking at a person, you're observing them, you're creating them in your mind and in your reality. So you see them a certain way. And I don't know if you've ever met a person and you thought, oh, they're like so-and-so, but the more you got to meet them and, and understand them, they're actually different than what you thought. So we make people things based on our past experiences and what we think and feel about them. So if you've got someone in your life that you've had lots of past experience with, lots of emotions, when you see them, those triggers will create that person and lock them from a wave of probabilities into a particle and you'll make them appear that way. But when you've actually released those things, you actually let them become more of who they really are. They go back to their possibilities and potentiality and the, the, the actual wave of all the things they could be and they can actually show up different because now you're not expecting them to be that way. Now you're not looking for them to be that way. Because the law of expectation, perception, projection, all of those things, the people will show up the way you expect them to be based on what you have as triggers or buttons for them to press. But as you change your triggers and buttons, and as you change the way you see them and yourself, then they show up different. Now, this is huge. And it really, really just gives people a whole new level to play at. Because what you start realizing is when people do show up in your reality and do press buttons, that's going to give you a huge growth opportunity. And you actually don't, um, this is a bit of a saying that I kind of borrowed from a book called The Presence Process, where don't shoot the messenger, they're the mess ender. The person that's come to trigger you is actually there to show you just they deliver the message. And it doesn't matter who it is, whether it's your actual dad or someone that's playing the role of your dad, they're just showing you something that, they're showing you you. They're showing you an area where you've got a, block or a button or a trigger or whatever you want to call it. And as you integrate that, then that's no longer going to be affecting you anymore because people can push the button, but it's not linked up or wired to anything. And it's really funny. Like a lot of times you look back and laugh and think, oh, that used to really affect me, but now it doesn't bother me anymore. Usually you know you've, you've, you've got over it by it just doesn't bother you anymore or 
the person will actually just show up completely different and they won't even be able to do that or they'll show up and they'll do the same thing and you'll just be completely cool with it and actually see that as a great thing and be grateful for them being that way. I know it's a bit out there and a lot of these ideas are a big jump for people that haven't gone through something like this, but I've just worked with so many people and just know people get to it. And I've just done it so much with myself that you cannot convince me otherwise. My belief in the fact that this is possible for you and that it can happen and will happen if you, if you work towards it is more than your belief that it won't. And I've just seen like, I've been doing this for nearly two decades soon. It keeps getting closer, (laughs) but I've just worked with so many people that I know that it's what happens. It just happens and you can get there, but you just need to know that it can. And I know that the way I'm sort of talking about this is pretty matter of fact. And I I just believe 100% that anyone can get there if they want to. And I want to see people get there because there's no point being trapped in your triggers and in in a wall of like that, mirrors room of mirrors where everything that you look at is just showing you you and you don't know where to go you don't know where to turn after a while you really start to get clarity you can see through that and everything sort of falls away and you can really be in control of your mind body and soul and not feel like you know life is just out to get you life is just echoing back to you and the echoes and the mirrors just get more and more intense the longer you leave them but as you start working through them and with them it really just starts um, becoming an easier ride Love it. Talk to us a little bit about hypnotherapy then so we can understand that there's a way that we can understand how our unconscious mind and our programming and our beliefs and our values can certainly create our states and our actions and, and the things that we believe emotionally, etc. But there's a level of, of amazing therapy, hypnotherapy, which really taps into our unconscious mind. And what's blown me away in the time that I've been learning it and being with you is just how much the mind does hold, how much information it holds and how we can easily access it to clear stuff, clean stuff and actually let it go and move on. How does that work? Cool. So that's that's a huge question. We'll kind of go into bits and pieces. Um, I love how you said that the unconscious mind just has is a storehouse for everything. People always say they have a bad memory, but that's not true. Their ability to recall information is, is what they're kind of stuck with. They're actually unconsciously basically downloading everything. And um, like you experienced with hypnotherapy, you basically can go back to memories as a child and relive them as if they're happening now. Your unconscious mind is super powerful, and that's why it's really great to use things like hypnotherapy or NLP or any other modality that works with that because your unconscious mind is actually the goal getter. So when we're setting goals and we're, and we're trying to take action, we set goals with our conscious mind, like, yeah, I want to achieve this. But what's actually going to get you the goal is your unconscious mind. Or what's going to stop you from getting the goal is your unconscious mind a lot of times for people. And by aligning what we want with what we're unconsciously creating and using our unconscious mind is going to make the difference. Because the truth is people are getting what they want all the time. Now, I know that's going to push buttons. Let me break it down and explain our hypnotherapy and all this links with it. But you're unconsciously creating exactly what you want in your life. Let me say this again. You're unconsciously creating exactly what you want in your life right now. So what you've got in your life in terms of your health, in terms of your finance, in terms of your career, in terms of your relationship is showing you what you're unconsciously wired for. So I say the word want, not because you're like, yeah, I really want a bad relationship or yeah, I really want bad health. No, it's just, you're getting what you're programmed for. And you're like, 
your unconscious mind is seeking those things. So it's a wanting, it's a desire to have that. Even though it's not like maybe your ideal, it's what you want unconsciously. And now this is where hypnotherapy is really powerful because we can actually uncover where this all comes from and why it's all linked up that way. And why unconsciously you might not have the body, you might be creating that body that isn't what you want or that health condition or concern. And we can actually look at where that or, the origin of that came from. So let's say someone has a bit of extra weight and they, they're struggling to lose weight. We can actually find out where that comes from and, and why you unconsciously link that up. Maybe it was to protect yourself. Maybe it was around this issue. Maybe it's because you learned growing up that food meant love or that if you ate food and you, you know, did these certain things, your, your mother, your father you know, would love you more and it's a way to connect with your family. And when we can unpick these wirings, like not that they're good or bad, they're just either getting you the result you want or don't want. And if we change your perception and association of these things unconsciously, then you can create different because you can actually then redefine and re recreate what those things mean. And then you can move towards that goal without the unconscious mind holding you back. Because if you were wired for, you know, love and connection through having extra weight or safety and security through having extra weight. If we try to lose that weight, we're going to think we're consciously, we think we're just losing weight, but unconsciously you think like you're losing love and connection, you're losing safety and security. So unconsciously you're going to sabotage. And this is where hypnosis and hypnotherapy is really, really powerful because you can uncover what those sabotage patterns are and where they come from and really quickly and effectively shift those things. And, and reprogram your mind to work with you on the new goal or outcome. And so you then have created new alignment towards that goal or dream. And you're actually working with your unconscious mind on the same team. So that's a little bit of explanation, but hypnosis can be used for everything. And we're always going in our trances all the time. Everyone's already hypnotically conditioned. You all believe that you're you. You believe you're you with your name, and the reason why you think you're you is because when you're a kid, you're in a highly suggestible, highly programmable state and your parents hypnotically repeated your name over and over again until now you believe that's you. You identify with that noise and you think your name is whatever it is. I think my name is Paul because I heard it so many times. I also think my name is Jesus Christ and <laughs> for you and all those things. I heard that a lot of times growing up, but um, you guys get what I mean. That Basically, we we have programmed as an early age, a lot of things. And some of them are really useful. Like my name is really useful, but you know, the, you're not good enough. You, you don't deserve that. You can't do that. Those kind of things that we may have been programmed may be unuseful at a certain point. So by using things like hypnotherapy, we can consciously go in and make adjustments to those things so that we can now think and feel different about ourselves, which then allow us to get better results because everyone wants to change their results they don't realize their results are a byproduct of their actions, which come from the way they think and the way they feel, which come from their programming. And the way you interact and perceive the world, all those things generally were installed early on in your life. And we can access those and make changes in those using hypnotherapy quite quickly. I love it. I think what's also powerful, I, I remember hearing Tony Robbins also say, one of the most amazing and profound things we as humans love is the comeback story. So whatever we've been through, however tough or however challenging life has been, we see it in the movies, we see how uh, books are written, that the most empowering, inspiring thing we ever watch and see and witness is to see someone come back 
And what I truly love about the work that you and Juliet Lever do is really support people to create their own comeback story wherever they're at. And I think hypnosis, NLP, timeline therapy, all of these things, which is why I'm so fascinated by it. And I've really, really appreciated the way you both teach it, which is incredibly unique. I just think what's so powerful about this is we all have our own ability for a comeback story. Would you believe that? Do you agree with me on that one? 100%. I think it's actually uh, literally not the only way, but I think it's vital in in everyone's life to go on their own hero's journey. That, you know, every book, every movie that's well-written is based on the hero's journey. You you have a situation happen and then you have this call to something bigger, to learn about yourself, to grow, to go into that cave, to get the treasure, to climb that mountain, to, you know, slay the dragon, then save the princess and then come back to the village with the information to share with other people and to share the spoils of victory. So everyone is kind of drawn on their hero's journey and everyone's different. For some people, it's overcoming that mountain. Some people, it's overcoming their childhood. Some people, it's overcoming their health and weight issues. Everyone's journey is different and we all have one. And some people think, oh, you know, I remember one of my students once came to me and said, Paul, you know, I told my story about how I went through some stuff and they're like, look, I don't. I got this. I think that I can't be successful because everyone that's been successful has been through something, and so I can't be successful until something bad happens to me. I'm like, no, no, that's not true. That's just a belief you've got. But the truth is, there are always challenges, and your challenges might be you're at one level of success, then the challenges to go to the next level, or your challenges might be in different areas of life. It might be in relationship. It might be in health. It might be in you know something that's different than someone else. So. This is where comparing your, you know, your life story to others may or may not be useful. Let's look at other people as inspiration and, and, and draw on that, but not look at it for comparison in terms of making yourself feel less or, or you know, not as good because every journey is unique and what you're there to experience and find is built for you. But in doing that, you're also going to become the hero in your story and a lot of people will learn from your story. So by you overcoming things, it actually shows and helps other people to see that it's possible. And you actually then shine the light for others to follow as well. You become that lighthouse. You become that beacon of hope for people to move towards as well. And so this is one thing I definitely believe is the more we kind of grow, shine and liberate ourselves, the more naturally it happens for other people as well. So, you know, some people think it's selfish to work on themselves, but that's not true. The more you have, the more you have to give and the more you develop and, and grow as a person, it will naturally show other people that it's safe to do that too. So, you know, the comeback, it's never too late for that. And even if you already made your comeback, you can always then go to a new level if you want to. And, you know, knowing that you're not just doing it for yourself, you're doing it for your family, you're doing it for your partner, you're doing it for, you know, your, your mum, your dad, your kids, whoever's important to you in life, even just for yourself, that's, that's also good to know. Like you're here on the journey, you might as well, see what's in the cave or at the top of the mountain. We're here at 2021. We've all just stepped into the new year. 2020, as we've mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, you know, some saw it as an amazing year. Some others have said it's been a tragic and a a horrible year. Whatever our reality, what is your tips, your advice, your thoughts moving into 2021? Cool. Well, I like the, uh, the, the word tragic because tragic is really easy to turn to magic just by changing a few letters. So I would, I would definitely recommend for people to 
do a bit of reflection. Now, before moving forward, sometimes it's good to look backwards and kind of look back on the year and look at what one you won anyway. So always start with wins. You know, what went well? What did you win? You know, it might be just the fact that you got more time at home for yourself and you finally got to take a bit of a break from some of those things. You actually maybe reflected on some of the things that you might have, you know, think is, is really worth me doing those things anymore because like I was doing them because I had to, but now I had a break from them. It's maybe not where I went to go. That's a win because a lot of people don't get a chance to think of that. Maybe you had a win because you spent some time with family. So go back and look at what you, what you won. Look at what went well, but also then you can look at what you could improve and also like what things you want to change because it's always great to kind of look backwards to move forward. And then I would you know definitely recommend people to get some clarity around what their values are and finding out what's important to them. So how you spend your time, your money, your, your energy, your focus, what you think about, they're all going to give you indications of what's important to you in life. And so once you know them, that's going to help you to have a lot more clarity on what to focus on and what you're going to feel fulfilled and inspired to do and then set goals around those. Or if you have goals that you want to achieve, link those values to that goal. So let's say family is super high importance to you, but you really want to get your health going. I would spend a bit of time thinking about how achieving you know, my health goals will help me fulfill my highest values of family. And then I'd create and write links to that. And that's going to help you to understand that by achieving more and more in your health, it's going to really dramatically help your family as well. And that'll help you guys to get rolling. And if you guys get stuck, then reach out um, to either Kim, myself, or some of the coaches that I've trained. We've got plenty of amazing coaches that can help you shift anything that's getting in the way. Uh, Because a lot of times it's hard to move forward when you're dragging all those bags with you. Sometimes it's nice to let them go because you can move a lot faster when you're not carrying as many things too. And I remember a saying that, you know, the universe can't give you what you want until you let go of what you're holding on to. So a lot of times just a nice sort of clear out will help you get moving forward too. Love it. You're amazing. Tell us a little bit about what you and Juliet do then. So there's, you know, you know I could talk to you for days, if not months on end. Um, but talk to us a little bit about what you do offer because there'll be some people listening to this who are action takers and are going, you know what, I am so ready for this. 2021, bring it on. Tell us what you're about. So Juliet and I run a, a company called Evolve and Relaunch and we have our website. I'm, I'm obviously sending you some links so you guys can click on that stuff. But we have all our course dates on there. We have trainings in NLP and timeline therapy, practitioner courses all around Australia. I also run a hypnotherapy training, which is very unlike any other hypnotherapy training in Australia where we basically learn hypnosis with our scripts and we do a whole dynamic approach to hypnotherapy, which is super fun, but also super effective for clients as well. Um, I run uh, both Jill and I run courses online. Um, she's got a podcast. I'm about to start mine. So I'm excited about that. And um, I'd love to have you on at some point, Kim, if you're open for that too. Um, to. Yeah. And so I've got a couple of online trainings. I've got a one day self hypnosis one coming up as well. So you guys can jump into that if you want a bit of a taste test of what you can do with hypnotherapy and to experience it for yourself. We go through some self hypnosis, but also some meditation techniques and how to use those together in a really powerful way. Uh, Juliet's got a book out. I've also, I'm actually working on a couple books right now. So I'm excited for those things to launch in the new year. But we've got a heap of ways for you guys to connect with us. So if you just want to look at um, our website or reach out on social media as well, um, we'd be happy to chat with you and give you some more info. I think also what's been so incredible with the way you guys train is that it's very accessible. And what 2020 gave all of us was an amazing opportunity to do our master practitionership 
the first part of it online. How has 2020 affected you guys and what have been the wins for you from a business perspective? Well, it's dramatically affected how we do business because a lot of our um, how we work with people is face-to-face in large groups. And obviously, 2020 didn't really want that to happen. So we had to be very adaptable. And this is where, you know, the whole idea of evolution, it's not necessarily the people say survival of the fittest, but it's not actually the fittest that survived. It was the one, the species or the organism that was the most adaptable. So for us, it taught us to be adaptable and really to develop a whole heap of things. So we got better online. We added a whole heap of new ways for people to work with us. I work with all my clients over the internet anyway, so that that's you know super cool. But we actually started doing a lot of online trainings and added a whole heap of new ways for people to be able to work with us all over the world, which has been great. Um, you know, it, it let us be more creative and open up new ways and develop ourselves completely different than we would have um, without it. Obviously, you know, getting to places and we had to sort of change some of the dates of trainings and, and do things like that, which obviously everyone had to do. And we had a couple of trainings I ran where we had to do social distancing and, you know, have limited numbers in the classroom and all those things. But it made me a better presenter. It made me open up a whole heap of new things that I would never have done before. So it definitely helped us expand and think outside the box because if not, you know, we would have been really stuck. So I definitely think it helped us grow as people as well, but also as a business definitely. And I think for most people, if they took 2020 and actually looked at what it brought up for them, I know for me, you know, it definitely brought up some things and it helped me work out some areas I was stuck and what I needed to clear and work on. And as I worked on those things, it helped me grow as a person. So it was a good opportunity to learn. Yeah, it's been phenomenal, hasn't it? And I've certainly enjoyed every element and everything that you've both delivered. And for our listeners, um, if you are keen to listen to a beautiful podcast that we had with the amazing Juliet, it was the Self-Love Podcast number 11 show and it was all around modelling excellence and it's a really cool podcast to listen to. She's she's pretty phenomenal, that one. Uh, she's beautiful and I love her so much and I'm so happy and glad that I get to share my life with her, but also that we um, do business together and you know we both have different styles of presenting and uh, we both kind of blend really well. So um, yeah, whether you work with Juliet or I, you're going to get an amazing experience and we'd love to see you and meet you in, in the real world and see how to training if that's something that you guys want to explore. And I'd like to add to this that whether you don't have to be a therapist or a desire to be a coach or any of these things to do any of these programs. NLP, timeline therapy, hypnosis, any of these uh, things like even EFT, other modalities, these are the most powerful tools that I personally could not recommend enough as a parent, as a partner, as a business person, as an employee. This is communication skills. This is how we use our languaging every single day. This is how we use our physiology. This is how we use our mindset, our beliefs, our values. So do not, I just want to stress this, do not think that any of the trainings that these guys are offering is just for therapists or coaches. Is that a fair comment, Paul? Uh, 100%. And some people that come to think they want to be a coach end up realizing that they're going to get a lot out of it for themselves personally. And, you know, just for the personal development and understanding yourself, we talked at the start about knowing yourself, doing any of the trainings are going to help you deep dive into who you are, give you tools and techniques to shift things, to get unstuck, to level yourself up and to really take control of your mind, body and soul, like just to know yourself at a deep level, but know if there are things that you need to work on or change that you can do it and it is possible and how quickly and easy it can happen. And then you basically walk out with the toolkit to, you know, 
start choosing what you want to create in life and, and to adjust it. So if you never used it with a client, you'd be fine forever and you could kind of continue to work yourself, but it's a life skill. You know, your family, friends, everyone you interact with at work, um, it's just going to give you a whole new tool set to understand yourself better, but also understand other people because life's all about how we interact with ourselves and other people and it really just sets you up to win in those areas. Yeah, I love it. Paul, if there was one of your favourite people living or dead that you would love to spend time with who would that be oh well this is an interesting one and it's different every day if you ask me another day it might be different but um i actually really enjoy listening to a guy called alan watts and i feel like if he was around i'd love to just sit in on one of his lectures and listen to him tell stories and uh you know if i got a chance to go out and have dinner with him have a good laugh because he's quite a funny dude i feel like you know i He's, I look up to him as a, as a presenter and how he delivers stuff like very playful, very storytelling, very fun. And that's like how I enjoy presenting as well. So I feel like we'd get along pretty well, have a good laugh at the cosmic joke. I feel like his level of understanding of reality is quite good. And so we'd have a good laugh about everything and have a bit of fun too and blow each other's minds a bit. So that's one person I'd, I'd love to have a, a dinner with or connect with at some level. I love it. And finally, my dear friend, what is one of your most favourite quotes or a statement or a saying? I mean, you've mentioned a number of them in here, which I will put into the show notes, which I've loved. But is there anything in particular that you think in this moment would be wonderful to share with our listeners? Yeah, 100%. Well, the one that um, I kind of mentioned before, that people will be who you need them to be so that you can see what you need to see. Um, it's a quote that I, I kind of believe that I created, whether or not I actually did or not, who knows, but, but I, I really believe that I sort of came up with it because I was trying to explain the whole idea of perception is projection and how people, you know, only show up the way that you can see them and they, they will push the buttons that you need to be pushed. And as you change yourself, then they show up different. And, you know, I really believe that the challenges you have in life, the situations you're creating, all of those things are happening, not just to you, but through you and as you because you can only see yourself and really the, the people that are pushing those buttons in life are really there to help you um, to grow as a person. And so as you start realizing that they'll be whoever you need them to be. So if they, if they need, if you need a button push, then they'll push the button. If, if you need, um, you know, a supporter, you have someone to show up to support you. So realizing that it just, it takes the blame off other people and it gives you, um, you know, puts you back in control of what you make things mean and, and actually allow you then to do something about it. And sometimes what I found through the trainings with you is after a while you look at yourself and you go, was I really that strung up about those sorts of It's almost laughable. And I, yeah. I say that with love, but I, I really, it's sometimes as you grow, you will see that your thoughts, your actions and your behaviours are almost laughable. Yeah. Um, and I think that's cool as well because one thing with that quote as well, you also realise that you are doing the same. So you'll be whoever you need to be for people to see what they need to see. Because I don't know about you guys, like if something happens and I'm like, wow, I was really different today in, with that person or, uh, you know, like say I'll present one day and with one group, I'm really playful and joking. And then the next day I go in and I'm a bit more direct. And I'm like, oh, I was different today. Like I wonder why I was that way. Well, I've got a coaching session with one client. I'm super gentle, super caring. And the next client I come in and I'm a sledgehammer. And even the same client, I'm different, different days. So I don't know if you realize that different people different situations, even the same people with same situations, you show up different. And like, have you ever wondered why, like with some people you're one way and another person you're a different way? It's the tune you're all playing together. It's, it's what they expect and 
and you show up different to different people. So I don't know about you guys. Have you ever had like one of those phone calls where you had to call up and complain about your, you know, internet or phone? Sometimes you show up very different there than you do other places. But um, when you realize that people make you sort of, you they'll see you the way they need to see you for them to see what they need. It's not necessarily just you. It's a co-creation. But then that also lets you realize that people aren't, never going to see you as you they're always going to make up their own version of you anyway so it gives you a lot more freedom and lets you sort of just be you and whatever they take from it's up to them like i'm never going to be able to know what you guys thought of me if you thought i was just a rambling lunatic or you've got a lot from it that's your choice so you can choose to make me whatever you make me i'm just going to be me and whatever you need to see is whatever you need to see yeah and i think one of the greatest tools and things i've learned from you in particular is my desire to please everybody (laughs) Yeah. this limiting belief that I had this desire to please everybody and I could be friends with everybody that it's actually okay I love that statement you can be the juiciest ripest sweetest peach on the tree and some people just don't like peaches <laughs> yeah being, being a quiet taste you know some people aren't going to like you because they got bad taste right? <laughs> 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 I love it is there any final message you'd love to leave us with today uh, just keep evolving like you know life's going to keep showing up you can, again, choose to create the challenges you want in life because life's always going to challenge you. You can either, you're going to have health challenges, whether it's going to the gym and lifting a heavier weight or going for that jog or you know sticking to that meal plan, or you can have a health challenge in terms of the fact of being sick, being in pain, being whatever. You're going to have money challenges, you're going to relate. You get to either choose them or life's just going to bring them to you. So keep evolving, choose better challenges and you know just enjoy the ride. Paul Alicia, thank you so much for being on the Self Love Podcast. I cannot begin to tell you how much I appreciate you, how much I love you and all the work that you and Juliet do. The world is a better place because of it. And I thank you wholeheartedly for the training you've given me. It has helped me so much in my self-love um, and wellness mentorship group. I think I'm a better coach for it. And I, I am so excited because I have to be honest, the more I'm learning with you, the more I realize I actually don't know, Paul. <laughs> uh, thank you and look thank you so much for being a part of the journey and, and diving in and doing the self-work and sharing the information and you know doing what you do like so many people like get so much from everything you do so thank you and thank you for inviting me on i like you know that i love any chance i get to talk so you know, anytime you want me on just give me a buzz i'm happy to chat about anything uh, so thank you again and i hope anyone that listened to this really enjoyed it Thank you so much, Paul. Happy New Year and here's to 2021. Thank you. You too. Keep evolving. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family and head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.